Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to NetIP Spotlight, Live Your Potential, where we invite guest experts to speak on a variety of trending topics that matter to you. I'm Justine Alawalia, your host, and I want to warmly welcome you to our show this evening. I know everyone's crazy busy these days and appreciate your investing your valuable time in joining us this evening. To give you a lay of the land, our guest speaker and I will be discussing his insights for about 20, 25 minutes. And I'd like to give everyone a heads up that after, um, after the discussion between our guest speaker and myself, you'll have the opportunity to ask him any questions that you may have. So with that, let's jump in. Today's guest speaker is Akash Patel. Akash is the founder and president of Elevate, Inc., a company which helps clients in the areas of community relations, social media, target networking, PR, and government affairs. And Akash was cited as one of Tampa Bay's up-and-comers by the Tampa Bay Business Journal in 2008 and featured as a rising star by the Tampa Bay Times. Additionally, he was denoted in the Tampa Tribune as one of Tampa's networking heavyweights and in the Tampa Bay Business Journal as Tampa's master networker. Akash volunteers and serves as chairman of the Early Learning Coalition of Hillsborough County, the Indo-U.S. Chamber of Commerce, and the University of Tampa Board of Counselors and um, the Leadership Tampa Bay Board of Directors. And Akash co-founded Leaders Friday Luncheon Group, an effort um, that each month connects young professionals with seasoned experts in industry, the community, and civil service. And interestingly, Akash has participated in separate delegations to Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, Israel, and Dubai through his affiliation with the Friends of McGill program, Tampa Jewish Federation, and University of Tampa College of Business. Welcome to the show, Akash. Thank you so much, Asbina, for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. And what an interesting bio. Um, how did you first get interested in government affairs? So I attended a Florida State University in uh, Tallahassee, Florida, and I okay. was a part- part-time assistant at the Capitol Bureau for the Tampa Bay Times. And my job really was to schedule, do scheduling and answer phones for reporters. And I got interested in the process of, of our higher education system and our legislature and kind of, um, kind of learned from, from, from the, the process itself and then volunteered when I, when I graduated. Interesting. All right. And now you've also started your own company, and that's very interesting. Tell me, you know, what led you to, um, to start Elevate, to, um, to found your own company? Honestly, just mean it was a lot of uh, a lot of mentors of mine that I met through the the political process and the community, the community leaders here in Tampa Bay. I volunteered at the Indo-U.S. Chamber of Commerce, and I also worked uh, worked in the for the county and as a citizens advisory commission. And I okay. met a lot of folks that you know we need a lot of young blood 
involved in the political process, and we lend a lot of young blood to keep our, our best and brightest here in the area. What was happening, I don't, I don't know, uh, the, the Florida market kind of died uh, in the 2007, 2008, 2009 during the recession, and a lot of the best okay. and brightest were leaving the area. So my friends in, at that time were starting up businesses, and they said, well, we're having our own business, but we don't know where to go to, to brand ourselves. We don't know where to network or we don't know which events or which organizations to get involved in. I said, well, well I'll help you. And then, they said, well, if you're helping us, can you start, can we pay you? And I said, well, let me think about it. Yeah, I'll start a business. So I kind of got all the mentors in the room and, and told them the, the, the process. And they said, well, here's a business plan and go execute. And so it took a little bit, but in 2012, I launched my own company and uh, we have about five employees and we have about 16 clients right now. Wow. That is so interesting. I love that market research story. Wow. Okay. So speaking of Florida, um, you know, congratulations on the Florida governor's recent appointment of you as chairman of the Early Learning Coalition of Hillsborough. Would you tell our listeners, and I'm I'm really curious, about the coalition's mission in terms of early early learning? Uh, early, you know, as you know, early learning education around the world is a big, big, uh, big cause. And in Florida sure. in particular, uh, zero through eight, the, the, the volunteer pre-kindergarten program and the Head Start program, school readiness is what they call it here, has been a big mission of every governor, regardless of their party affiliation. And so about okay. of the legislature here in the state uh, founded what they call early, early learning coalitions of each region. And Hillsborough County, where I live in Tampa, Florida, we're the third largest early learning coalition in the state. We have a budget of about $72 million, and we have a board of about 24, and we also have an employee, about 24 employees. And our, our mission is to make sure those that cannot afford to send their children through the VPK program and the Head Start program and the School Readiness program have the ability through state dollars, so voucher programs. And so the governor, uh, the governor is an amazing, uh, amazing entrepreneur. Uh, I, I learned a lot from him. I met him once he got elected. And we talked commonly about India because my, my, you know, I grew up in New Jersey and my family is Indian, of course, and this governor sure. is in healthcare background and he had a background of being in India. So we first chatted about that and we talked a little bit about the importance of the Indian education uh, and values we have in our system. And, and he asked, hey, would you, would you chair this, uh, this important cause? And I was honestly amazed because I'm, I'm a single gentleman without any children and I have a lot of family and friends, <laughs> but I said, are you sure? And he said, yeah, yeah, well, you know, you, you can take it on. We need private sector folks involved in the political process. And that, honestly, that's really been my philosophy is try something when you're, not, when you're not expecting it and take it on and own it and put 110%. And so when the governor called uh, maybe about a month ago, I chatted with him for a while about it. And, and I'm one of his youngest appointees in the state of Florida. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah, it's interestingly, you you know, there are a lot of connections you've noticed in, in terms of just, you know, conceptual connections there. And tell us about the connection between education, what you were just speaking of, and entrepreneurship, and um, why you think that, uh, I understand you think that connection is crucial to success. Tell us a little bit about that. I, I think every everyone that we, we, we can always learn from people we meet. And so every time sure. I sit down with someone, I have a pen and paper, and I always follow up with an email and say, this is what I've learned, and this is what I can teach, or if I can teach them, or if I can add value to them. I, I always want to say that we want to add value to everyone, and, and that's the education system. I think, I think the, the problem that we as Indian Americans face in this, in this nation is we're focused so much on just learning and not teaching others. Mm-hmm. So every time I go to a meeting, I said, well, okay, I ask myself, what am I learning from this meeting, and what am I going to teach someone else from that meeting? 
And some people are, are very reluctant to say, well, you don't have to learn from every meaning of money. You don't have to, but you actually do if you think about it. Because if you're not, then you're really not adding value to anybody, and it's really honestly a waste of time, in my opinion. And so for all my employees, I say, we're going to go into this meeting, we're going to learn something, we're going to add value. And my mentors and my friends that have gotten me in this process, I've asked them after, hey, what can I do? What can I do to add value to you, and what can you do for me? And I don't mean it like, uh, like kind of a quid pro quo, but I mean more as education process. And that's really what got me to volunteer because I wanted to give back. We have a lot of time as young professionals to give back. And so it's all about where do you focus your time to make sure that others are learning from your experience and you're also learning at the same time. And that's why I like the education policies of our state and uh, of our future. I'm a trustee at, uh, at the University of Tampa next year. It's a private university I didn't attend, but I got involved in the system of private education. My interns come from there. My employees come from there. And it's about the business community and the education system kind of connecting with each other. Interesting. Well, now I see in terms of this connection with Tampa's master networker, because what you're saying is, that, you know, that's the key to networking. And, you know, in my opinion, what you just said, adding value to someone else's and actually even starting with showing someone how you're going to add value and then it being a, um, a sharing of that. So that's, um, that's wonderful. And um, now let's go back to the government affairs that you had, um, you know, that we had, we had mentioned earlier and that really, you know, runs through, um, you know, your experiences here. So I'm wondering, um, what is your opinion as to how one can use a political system to, um, to really benefit, to one's own benefit? What suggestions would you have for our listeners who might be, uh, might be looking at that as, as something they might be interested in doing? Well, my, my uh, you know, my always saying is, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. And the Washington, D.C. process for me what you see on the news, I, you have to experience it for, for real in your life. And so when I was <laughs> in college, I, I, worked in, I worked in the state legislature, as I mentioned, and I was okay. offered a, or I applied for an internship with what I think is one of the best kept secrets in the Indian American community, the WLP, the Washington Leadership Program. And I applied for the Washington Leadership Program, Jasmina, and I was awarded the internship. And 16 Indian Americans from around the nation, all college juniors, so I think I was 21 or 22 at the time, I moved to D.C. for the summer, and you get placed with a, with a congressional member who's part and, of the Indian American Caucus. Uh, and I learned from Congressman Joe Wilson of South Carolina, it doesn't matter who you really work for, about the legislative process. And for me, it was a two-prong. One, I learned about our system, which basically runs our nation. And two, I also learned about other Indian Americans from around the nation that are involved in the process and how they want to achieve, uh, achieve their goals and their business and, and, their, and their careers. Four or five of my classmates from there went to law school. I'm still best friends and, uh, with several of my classmates. And I learned about the process and I learned about that as Indian Americans, if we kind of continue to stay in touch with each other, we will all be able to help each other. And it's not instant. It's just developing the relationship. And uh, what happened for me is I got involved in Tampa. I mentioned that I got involved in a tourism bureau uh, when I first moved here. And we hosted the Republican National Convention. And the biggest and, and coolest thing for me during that time, was it, regardless of party politics, I was able to call one of my alumni, a uh, former House delegate in Maryland, actually still House delegate in Maryland, Sam Marrera, who was an alumni from my WLP program, and I said, hey, would you come to Tampa so we can throw a joint, doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican, but an awareness fundraiser for Indian Americans in our political process. And we held a huge fundraiser. We got a lot of awareness from national media, a lot of Indian American media, 
And um, just recently, last week, one of my other alumni, were, uh, fellow alumni, was elected to the state house in Ohio. So slowly but surely, politics, education, and business all go together. And the Washington Leadership Program kind of shaped my career, and I'm hoping it shapes many others because we all still stay in touch. Fascinating. So that's just something that one applies to. You said like a junior, because these are juniors in college, and that's the program is geared towards the Washington Leadership Program. Sophomores, juniors, and seniors. You got it. Okay. 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 Very interesting. And um, well, tell me what what have been some of the issues that are that are that you find um, Indian Americans have brought up with respect to your experiences with the political process, and what what were some of the you know dominant issues or dominant themes that were articulated in that whole? Do you recall any? Yeah, yeah. That time was actually really interesting. So former Prime Minister yeah. Singh was visiting the White House. So for, for okay. actually that time period, it was his first visit to visit President Bush. Again, this is in 2005, the summer. Okay. So, so frankly, the original issue was just awareness. At that time, we only had one congressman, member uh, Congressman Bobby Jindal. Now, of course, we have yeah. Congressman Barra. But, of course, you know, we have two governors, right, Congressman Nikki, uh, Congresswoman Nikki Haley. Sorry, Governor Nikki Haley and um, former Congressman, now Governor Jindal. So at that time, it was the beginning of what you saw of the Indian American awareness. So that was an issue that we, we were able to, um, to, to champion because people actually knew, okay, they're, they're not quite at the, the voting block yet, but they're getting there and they're out there a nation. Uh, they're sorry, a race on the rise. And um, I see it every day I read about on um, through the Indian newspapers. And um, one of the coolest experiences I had here was to host the Bolly, uh, be on the help Bollywood host committee for the Bollywood awards that were in Tampa. And every time you meet someone who's Indian American in the process, they always say, well, you can be the next Congressman General. You can be the next Governor Haley. And that's what I kind of saw when I started in 05, and it's been, honestly, almost a decade, and I see it every day you see someone running. And, and all it takes is one person to break through the barrier, and I think we finally did that. And I'm proud to say that in 2005 we were at the beginning. Wow, interesting. Given, no, you, know, given you have such a diverse professional background in journalism, government affairs, business development and PR, what is your perspective on how previous endeavors um, can enhance your chances of making it, can enhance your chances of success in, you know, subsequent seemingly unrelated endeavors? But um, what do you have to share with our listeners about that? We're probably in all different fields and, and might similarly have been building, building blocks in all different kinds of industries. So there's two things, um, I, there's two things I always say in the media here locally. If you don't ask, you don't get it. And what I mean by that is, you know, you always have stigmas when you apply for certain programs or when you uh, bid on certain projects or when you ask someone for their business. They probably say you're too young, you're a minority, you're, you're not experienced enough, and you, you're, you can't deliver every one of my goals. And I say, well, give me a chance, let me deliver. And so one of my coolest experiences in, in 2010, I, I do a lot with our military. Our military is our largest Sorry, our third largest employer here in Hillsborough County. We have about 11,000 okay. people that are today with America, uh, with uh, uh, Cent- Central Command, which is called McDill Air Force Base. And I'm on, the, I'm one of the few few young professionals that have a base pass and part of the leadership program. And one of the base commanders called me in, at the time in 2010 and said, "Hey, w- would you know any uh, business leaders that want to go on our delegation to Guantanamo to experience and be an ambassador for our nation?" And I literally said, "Wow." can't believe I have the, the experience in, to say this, but I said, you need a young professional to go on the trip. 
and and I would love for it to be someone in the Indian American community, not just me, but there's a lot of other doctors and and, and CPAs and lawyers that are involved. Um, and sure. so they said, well, 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 you're the first person to ask, so we're gonna ask, we're gonna take you. So so my one advice is, if you don't ask, you don't get. So always ask when it's appropriate, and 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 know that the second piece of advice is humility. I have applied to several leadership programs, even to this week, where I did not get in on the first try. Even the governor's appointment, I did not get uh, accepted the first time. So, so that experience, I learned from everything I tried to, to teach others and, and to my family. I have a little brother who is about to start college next year. So humility is really big because there's a lot of folks, and we all are associated at some point with, with them, that when they don't get in, they kind of, they kind of throw in the towel. But we we have sure. we cannot throw the towel. We we kind of have to be persistent and be determined. And so when I when I have been rejected from leadership programs many times, the FBI Citizens Academy was the one recently. I think I was rejected the first two times, but I just completed it. I just went to to Quantico. I, I did my training, and, and and that was one experience where I'm so glad I did it at the time in my life that I completed that program. Um, it was during sequestration. It was right after the convention. We got to experience a lot of different things that I don't think I would have the first couple of times. So, I, you know, I, my advice to listeners is if you don't ask, you don't get. So always speak your mind and, and be humble and humility in, in everything you do. I love that. If you don't ask, you don't get. Um, wonderful. Yeah, just, just I think we've all kind of seen that in terms of when people, um, there's so many people that don't ask. They're kind of waiting on the sidelines, waiting for the invitation, Right. And uh, right. meanwhile, the people who ask, you know, they are, that is um, wonderful. And like, like you said, that transfers in every industry, in every sector. So um, really appreciate you sharing your insights with us, Akash. Any last thoughts or, um, you know, take-home message that you'd like to share with our listeners before we jump into the Q&A and give the listeners a chance to ask you their questions? I think the last thing, as I say, I say this a lot when I'm when I've been doing some some public speaking, is there's nothing wrong with bragging. So if you're doing something great in your community, in your in your religious sector, in your in your field of study, uh, at your university, when, when my brother's about to enter the University of Michigan, there's nothing wrong with sharing that. And with social media, it makes it a lot easier to brag, and it's almost as mm-hmm. a, a kind of way to, to 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 brag, but brag with incentive to to let other people know, because if you don't share what you're doing, then other people don't know how to get involved and collaborate. And we always use the word of collaboration in our community because we, we have to work together to achieve a common goal. And so my last, my last little um, uh, thought is really, if you're doing something out there in your community, I want to know about it. I know there's others that want to know about it, and you're always learning. So that's why I like to – I follow people on Twitter every day that I didn't think I would ever meet, and I follow people on Facebook. I follow people on LinkedIn connect with others. That's, that's my last piece of advice. Connect with others. Excellent. So now, everyone, if you have a question, um, please go ahead and press 1, and we'll take your question for Akash. All right. All right, here we go. Let's grab our first uh, question, and this is from um, 201. Hi. Hi, caller. You're on the line. Um, 201, welcome. Jasmina, thank you. 
Thank you very much, Akash. That was a great interview. Thank you so much for your insight. Um, you mentioned the Washington Leadership Program as being a major difference maker in your time. Uh, I, I understand that that is primarily for those who are in their college years. Uh, uh, many of our listeners are, are slightly older than that. So could you please shed some light on opportunities like the Washington Leadership Program uh, that could apply for those who are out of school, uh, maybe in their first decade or second decade of their career? Well, uh, first of all, thank you so much for your question. I think um, I think every city or every county has a local board of of their their private sector and business sector folks, and even if your field of study. So when I moved to Tampa, one of my one of my county commissioners, local board of advisors, has about seven appointments for seven different boards, and they have different ways you can volunteer, not just in the fundraising capacity, because that's what people assume when you're getting involved in the public service sector. But in the actual volunteers of the boards, they have a variety of board of advisors. And I would say call your local commissioner and first sit down with them. Get to know them because, again, they're public servants. They want to meet you. You're their constituents. And ask them how can you get involved in the process or ask them what else they need to make them understand your field of study or your community. I, um, everyone is involved in a different religious sector, but we have a temple where I live in Tampa. And every Diwali, it's a, you know, it's a holiday for us. I invite our commissioners because at the end of the day, that temple is based on their district. So, you know, come on to the celebration, whether they understand the language or they understand the ceremony, it is some way to, it's some way to reach out and say hello. And what I hear often now being involved in the process is not enough young Indian professionals, whether you're first decade or second decade, actually take the time to reach out. And you'll be surprised at how many folks have, uh, in the public sector are happy to go to Garba or happy to go to Nabratri or happy to go to Diwali celebrations or the mosque or Ramadan celebration, whatever it is for your, for your religious affiliation. It, if you don't ask, you don't get. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. And we have our next caller and uh, our next caller is from area code 847 and the last four digits 8094. Welcome caller. Hi, thank you. Um, Akash, thank you for your time today. Um, I was curious about your business when you mentioned creating it, how it really stemmed from some friends coming to you for your insight and advice and creating a business out of that. I was actually more curious about how you learned um, going forward about the appropriate you know, legal and business aspects of starting a business and what advice you might have for others who would want to start their business, what you know, what you may have learned, either the easy or hard way that you'd like to share. Well, thank you. It's a great question. Uh, uh, you know, this day and age, I use Google a lot, to be honest with you. I Googled the business plan and kind of copied and pasted one. Um, but I also had to, to, to be, be legal about to be very legal and frank about it. I had to contact a couple of lawyer friends that I had. I had to contact the comp- friends in the, in the State Department to file a, a corporation, and I didn't know how to do invoicing. I didn't know. I mean, things that are simple, but you, ha- I, the bank. I called my banker. So to answer your question, uh, I really, I really utilized four or five friends that weren't experts in the field, but were getting there. But they, I knew they were up and comers, and I kind of just asked them a couple questions. One didn't know the answer. They would connect me with someone else, and it took a good two months to figure out the process. Once you figure out the process, it's, it's kind of cookie cutter. And um, I advise anyone who is about to launch a business, take a couple of steps back, format exactly, articulate exactly what you want to achieve, and ask your friends for feedback. And my, my way of asking was 
hey, friend, I'm going to start this. Would you hire me? Would you pay me this much? And I had a lot of rejections, and you have to be afraid of failure because everyone is not going to want to hire you. And I, I kind of had the, the – I kind of failed in that regard. I figured, okay, once I got my brand together, once I got a logo, they would hire me. That wasn't the case. It was a lot of trial and error, but it was a lot of trial and error internally with the focus group. So your closest friends, make them your focus group, and one or two people that you're not close to, bring them in, assuming you'll trust them and assuming they'll trust you because down the line it will be lucrative for both of you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Wonderful. We have another uh, another question from um, the callers from area code 832. The last four digits are 2547. Welcome, Hi, guys. Thanks for Hi, right, guys. Thanks for your perspective. This is Abby from uh, Minneapolis, actually. And uh, my question is, um, so a lot of our first-generation Indian-American parents, uh, they came here as entrepreneurs, businessmen. Um, our second generation kind of bought into this, you know, corporate um, rat race mentality, if you will. A lot of us are successful, but a lot of us might not fit that exactly. I think the question then becomes, for many of us, how much do we need to know and what's that comfort zone before we make that jump into the entrepreneurial world? I want to get your perspective on that. Uh, a great question, uh, Ravi. Thank you for, for, for taking the time to call in. I, um, I really think you need to know double what you should know. So, you know, when you use this mm-hmm. analogy when you're knocking on doors for running for campaigns, right, everyone's knocking on doors and you got to, let's say you, you're tired at the end of the day and you, well, just when you think you're tired, you got to knock on five more doors. And so I use that analogy because, when you think you have everything perfect and you're ready to launch and you've got the domain and you've got your, your website ready and you've got your copy ready for your website, uh, you've got to double it. You've got to double your time and you've got to double your effort because that one little mistake in the beginning will cost a lot of your clients and a lot of your friends heartache. So what I tell people is do two different launch dates. So if my launch, actually my launch was going to be November of 2011. After my first interview with, with a prospect, I wasn't ready. So I literally delayed two extra months to double and triple check every one of my facts. I didn't launch publicly until February 2012. And honestly, Robbie, it was the best thing I did because I waited. Even though every day you want to wake up and you're like, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to announce. I got my business cards. I got my, my first client. I got my contract. I got my, my bank account. If you're a second-generation Indian American, and my mom and dad are both first-generation, they're both pharmacists in this country, and uh, they both they both told me, Three or four times we learn from our mistakes, and so what I didn't want to do is have any mistakes because at our generation we're we're hard to recover from just because of the nature of how we grew up. And so that that would be my one advice to you is when you think you're ready, take an extra month or an extra week, whatever you think your time frame is, and triple and double check your work. Thank you. Well, thanks for taking our listeners' questions, Akash. Um, what in case um. In case some of our listeners want to contact you in the future, what's the best way for them to do so? My my Twitter, I'm pretty active on social media. My Twitter is my last name, which is Patel, P-A-T-E-L, T-I-M-E-S, Patel Times. Uh, it just comes from stemming from working for the newspaper, Patel Times. And uh, shoot me a tweet, shoot me a direct message, and I'm always happy to help. My hashtag we use is helping our city, but we also help our our community as well, and I really can't thank enough of the work that you do, Jasmina, the work that NetIP does around the nation to bring together and co- of the collaboration of young professionals of the Indian American nature because it is so important for everyone to discuss and dialogue, and uh, I'm very honored to be on, on your program this evening. 
Well, thank you so much, Akasha. It was a pleasure to have you on. I really appreciate your insights. In, in case you joined us late, I would like to share the show with people in your life. I'd like to remind you that a recording of today's radio show will be sent out. And I appreciate you hanging out with us. And make sure to join us for next month's show. And we hope you'll be joining us at the 23rd Annual Net IP Conference this Labor Day weekend in Atlanta. Good night, everyone.